0: Hey guys, it's good to be with y'all. And on a Wednesday, I'm still getting used to this Wednesday release date. But I have to say, you all are giving me great feedback on Wednesdays, and I'm loving Wednesdays. So we're gonna keep with it. How are you guys? You know, it's been weeks and weeks of this modified lifestyle, and I'm just curious: are you are you hanging in there? Are you figuring out a new routine, a new path as things continue to change? Um, <laughs> I know my Mine is I make a plan for the week, and I'm just doing what I can on a day-to-day basis. And I feel like that's working for me right now. So I'm very excited about this podcast. I hope this podcast is a a bright spot in your week that offers some practical tips and encouragement. And that's what I wanted to do. So last week, we talked about a lot of leadership principles during this time. This week, I wanted to bring a, a leader in an operations role in multifamily, And I wanted to talk through how they are leading their company through these times. So let me tell you about our guest. Jared Miller is the COO of Red Peak. And if you guys don't know Red Peak, please go to their website, redpeak.com. They're a Denver-based management company, and they're really incredible. So Jared and I have uh, become friends on social a while back. We've kind of followed each other's work. And as everything was really evolving with COVID-19, Very early on, I noticed Jared and how he was communicating with his teams and how Red Peak was communicating with residents. They acted fast and they had a strategy in place and they were being very transparent and I just, I don't know, I was very impressed. And so the more I saw, the more I liked it. And I reached out to Jared and I said, hey, would you be willing to come on, kind of give us a behind the scenes of some of those conversations that you guys were having that allowed you to act so quickly? And how have you guided your team in saying, we can act with a lot of empathy, we can lead with love, while we're still doing things that we have to, like collecting rent? And so he was gracious enough to come on. And through this conversation, I really saw a few of Red Peak's core values exemplified. So first of all, one of them is being transparent because it breeds trust and it's the foundation of great teamwork you're gonna see how transparent they were with their teams early on. The other was embrace and activate change. You know, um, change was really thrust on all of us, but the way that they've embraced it, along with their, a third of their core a third core value was to do good and serve others. So they didn't ditch the core values just because maybe the times were a little more challenging. Because of that, I think you guys are gonna really benefit from this conversation. But before we dig in, I just want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Sprout Simply Social Plan. Um, If you guys haven't heard about it yet, we launched a social media plan for multifamily and then a separate one for real estate. So basically, the Sprout Simply Social Plan is a done-for-you monthly social media plan with pre-written captions and digital graphics that are ready to go. So the captions are copy, paste, and modify. So that you don't have to sit at your keyboard thinking, oh my gosh, what do I come up with? What do I write about? And they're tailored for our industry. They kind of veer around um, creative holidays that are easy to talk about, but they tie back into things that we're doing, which is you know, leasing apartments, renewing apartments, selling houses, buying houses, building trust and building engagement. So if you guys haven't checked it out, I encourage you to go to WatchYourBusinessSprout.com You can find either under the specific industry. So, for real estate, you'll find it there. And for multifamily, you'll find it under that tab. Okay, guys, without further ado, I want you guys to listen in on my conversation with my friend, Jared Miller of Red Peak.
1: Welcome to the Marketing Home, Marketing You podcast, a show for busy multifamily and real estate professionals that want to kick butt in their careers without sacrificing their lives or their sanity. Week after week, Barbara Savona of Sprout Marketing brings you quality conversations with industry leaders, mini marketing workshops, and step by step guides on everything marketing, business, and career growth. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for some outside the box ideas from the girl that lives inside the shipping container box. So I am so
0: excited. I've been looking forward to this conversation with Jared Miller you know, as all of this was unfolding as an outsider, I know so many of us were glued to social media. We were, you know, keeping up with social, almost like it was the news. And from an outside perspective, what I really saw was that Red Peak jumped into action very quickly. And I just admired their communication with both their internal team and also the initiatives that they put in for their residents. So Jared, thank you so much for being here today.
1: I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: So I just want to dig in. Let me ask you, you know, initially, now that we're a few weeks removed from, you know, the initial shock of everything, I'm curious, what were some of the conversations that you and your leadership team were having behind the scenes that allowed you guys to make the necessary changes just so fast?
1: You know, I think for us, the conversations did start early. Um, We had a trip in February for a lot of our team. Um, on the support level, we actually met some of our sister companies overseas um, in the Netherlands for a, a meeting over several days. And that was just as COVID was starting to be talked about. Um, and in coming back from that, you know, we started to, to hear more. We, I think we were probably more in tune with it because we were meeting with our sister companies from around the world. We have sister companies in Asia, for example, that had been dealing with this situation earlier than, than we had. And you know, it seemed evident that it's something we were going to have to deal with at some point. So you know, at that point, you know, we we started talking about, well, what if? What would the plans be? You know, the last thing we wanted to be was unprepared and not have proper safeguards in place for you know our team members, but also our residents. You know, we we take it to heart that you know we have five thousand people that call our communities home in, in the Denver metro area. Um, that is our focus. You know, to operate in this specific market. And we started thinking about what the potential impacts could be to them. So the conversation started fairly light, but early. Um, and then we set out some guidance based on some early CDC guidance. And we started from there. It was really about not being caught um, unprepared.
0: That's really incredible. And you know, it's actually similar to the conversations that I had with my leadership team. We did the same thing. We kind of started watching some things. I have family overseas that kind of you know reached out and had said, is this is this you guys hearing the same things that we are and we just started having the conversations like what would we do if what would happen if this escalates not knowing to what degree it would escalate so I love that you guys were able to pivot quickly so what what initiatives came out of some of those conversations
1: so first and foremost you know it came for you know for us in phases so the first phase was creating awareness, you know, letting our teams know that we were aware of the situation and that would, we would act in advance as much as possible, um, be as proactive as possible in that situation. So you know, it started off first with saying, okay, we think these things may happen. What protocol should we put in place today more to show our teams that we were paying attention and we were putting their, their wellness first? So, you know, we, we sent out our first communications weeks before um, we took major steps. Just to state, we understand this could be a potential issue. This is what we're thinking as a company. You know, right now, it is business as usual. However, we are planning for X, Y, and Z. Um, and we started there. And then our next phase was a phone call with our entire team, just to reiterate a lot of what we had put in writing. Um, and to do what we could to alleviate their concerns and their fears. And it feels like the last, you know, seven or eight weeks have been months and months on end. Um, You know, and as far as timelines, it's so hard to remember what we did when Mm -hmm. because it felt like every day was something new, some new piece of information or some new challenge that we wanted to get ahead of. Um, But, you know, we put a lot of initiatives in place and, and we made the decision as an organization to, lock our doors to our offices and go virtual only well in advance of most of the other companies um, in the metro area, to the point that we started participating um, on the AAMD, the Apartment Association of Metro Denver Task Force uh, for COVID specifically. And it was a a twice a week phone call where we were helping guide the thought process for the organization as a whole and help share what steps we were taking as a company to ensure we were ahead of this.
0: Well, I can only imagine that, you know, even when you cannot offer complete clarity in an uncertain time, that just giving your, your team that kind of north star to, to look to was probably very comforting. Did you get feedback like that from your people?
1: We did, you know, we, we probably took um, the extreme of, of over communication. Um, you know, there were regular communications either sent out via email, or via you know, team-wide conference call, whatever we had to do to get that information out. And I know initially it seemed like a lot, um, but you know, the feedback from our team is that they've really felt supported in particular on-site through this entire process and, and it felt like we've done the right thing um, at every turn. And that's certainly comforting. I mean, this is a people business, so you had to put the people first.
0: I love that. You know, that leads into the next thing I wanted to talk about for us. One of the phrases that, you know, it's brought, we've really anchored to, and we've said it in every team meeting is how we act today is going to deeply impact what our tomorrow looks like. And, you know, what I noticed is there was some in our industry that really rose to the occasion. I feel like you guys were definitely a forerunner in that, but I was also very surprised by some of the uh, short-sighted actions, even like on social media. And I'm curious from your perspective, even as an operator, where do you see the missed opportunities uh, in our industry?
1: You know, I think there were a few. I think there were some companies that were very slow to react um, that, you know, probably didn't take this as seriously as, as as they should have. And then, you know, there's just a lot of misinformation out there. And I see it all the time within multifamily social media groups where, you know, we're sharing information, but we're not necessarily vetting that first. You know, we as a company decided that we were going to specifically look at, at two sources, um, the CDC and the WHO for guidance, and then focus on what local and state leadership was saying here, because it, is, it was such a specific, um, the impact was so specific to states and to individual cities that we felt that was the right way to go. But, you know, I think people listening to the right source and, and really seeking out the right information is really important.
0: Absolutely. Consuming with care, you know, we joke around, we're like, you know, sometimes some of the people that you see advice from on the internet would never be somebody that you would take advice from if you were talking to them in real life. Yet, it's funny how that barrier sometimes seems to be, you know, taken down in a sense. And, Mm -hmm. and I, and I totally agree. So how could you see that somebody could emerge as a leader during this time?
1: You know, I think being forthcoming, and again, putting your people first. But you know what I found really comforting um, over the last couple of months is you know there have been so many organizations that have been open to sharing what they're doing, whether it's a management company, a vendor partner, an apartment association, NMHC, for example, and NAA, um, you know, those companies have been and those organizations have been the bright spot for sure um, for us as an industry. You know, I've reached out to my network as we've been now building our reopening plans to make sure that, you know, we've thought of everything. There's just, this is such an unprecedented experience that it would be easy to overlook some, some pretty significant concerns or issues. And companies have been forthright in, in what they're forthcoming and what they're, what they're planning to do. I, I think that's all so important. And I think as a, as a professional in the industry, it's really important to build your, your network and not just look inward to your company, but look to other leadership organizations
0: absolutely. I was looking at something I think NAA sent yesterday or the day before on the guidelines for reopening. And I thought, man, what an incredible resource that we have at our fingertips. It was so detailed, so thorough. And that has been really neat to see the that companies are kind of, they're not keeping up walls. Many are sharing and, and, and taking the lead in that. So, you know, I think one of the things that you mentioned about putting the people first is so important. And yet at the same time, we are operating businesses. And one of the things that i've seen many struggle with is just that balance of you know taking care of those necessary operations collecting the rents that we can but still leading with empathy and heart is it possible to do both do you what would you say to somebody that's maybe struggling right now
1: you know i think first and foremost we have to remember that that we're in a fortunate position to provide homes to americans and to people that 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 really rely on us to you know, provide services and provide, you know, a clean, safe and sanitary environment. And, you know, we have to really think about that first and realize that each person's situation is different. You know, we've had a lot of one-on-one conversations with our residents. You know, we've we've of course communicated our plans and and provided resources to them via email and other communication. But you know, as one, we're seeing people not pay rent, you know, we're not we're not immediately sending them a notice or or uh, you know, posting something on their door, we're picking up the phone and having a conversation to determine how we can help them. Um, you know, this, is, this is a personal business, we have to take it that way. And I think that's hard sometimes when you, know, you have a lot of residents and, and you're probably short staffed and, and how do you do that? And you know, we've just told our teams to take their time, you know, do right by our residents because that's what matters. Um, but really focus on trying to put yourself in their shoes and and operate the way that, you know, they would want us to. And most of the time, it's just being open to conversation, walking them through the process and, and trying to be helpful. You know, we have to pay, we have to collect rent, obviously, to pay bills, just like, you know, every other multifamily owner. But there's a way to go about that and a way to communicate with residents that are struggling, you know, making sure that they realize that we 're on the same team and that we're here to support them, and that we can provide them some resources that may help them out
0: that was that was so beautifully said you're really speaking my language. I love just the small kind of change of something that maybe you would have handled in an email or sent you know a typical policy response of saying hey, pick up the phone, we can hear the stories, we can right. see what somebody's going through. And it really changes your perspective when you hear somebody say, you know, I'm worried about my mom that's three states away and I've got three kids at home right now and, and that you can still think of them as human beings.
1: Definitely, you know, and, and to extend on that, you know, as we've had residents that have let us know that they're you know, planning to quarantine in their apartment um, we've been pretty fortunate. We haven't had that many residents that have confirmed that they have coronavirus. Um, we've had a few, we've had, you know, a number of residents that try to get the test and couldn't early on. Um, but, you know, reinforcing what we're offering to them, you know, in support, I mean, they, they're not leaving their apartment. So, you know, we've been offering to leave cleaning supplies and water and, and handle their grocery deliveries and do all of those things that are above and beyond because, you know, if we're protecting them, you know, they're also, that's also protecting the rest of our residents. And again, it's just about taking that additional step. Yeah, it, it's not something we necessarily have time to do because there's still those same demands on our team as, as during normal operations. And then you add all of this and that compounds. But, you know, it's about being there for people. And, you know, back to empathy and heart, it's something that we talk about as a company all the time. You know, last fall, we moved our office, we've been in the same office building. Uh, A residential community that we owned downtown uh, for 13 years. And we, after 13 years, it was time to move on. We found the perfect place for our our company to operate. And it's actually called the Goodheart Building in Denver. And we thought that fit our culture perfectly. It says who we are.
0: That is awesome. You found a building to speak your to your culture. That's so cool.
1: <laughs> it, it is, it is. And it's been great. We haven't been there in a while, but we got to enjoy it for a bit before we all started working from home.
0: Well, you know, and what you hit on is that what people, you know, when we talked earlier about some short-sighted things, you know, in multifamily, very many times we go over the top with move-in specials. We do these really great events. We do these really incredible things. And one point that I keep saying is, this is an opportunity to create moments when people really need it. You know, those other times it's an excess of life, like, great, I get to pick up this little, you know, cool keychain, but it doesn't make an impact the way that taking that uh, personal interest right now, I mean, that's going to, somebody's going to remember that.
1: They are, you know, this is, this is an opportunity to really act our culture. Um, And that's what we've been reinforcing for the last couple of months is there's hopefully no greater opportunity than right now we hope we don't see anything like this ever in the future but this is an opportunity for us to to really put our money where our mouth is
0: absolutely so then in a in a sense now it comes to the teams you know teams are getting a little worn out sometimes there mm-hmm. i heard ramel uh, my buddy ramel Anakin, i'm i'm sure you know him too he's yes. He's talking about, you know, compassion fatigue. And I was like, man, you, you nailed it because I have felt that some days, but not, couldn't put a title on it. You know, when you're talking to everybody, even friends and family, your team, how can we encourage our teams and just really keep them motivated so that, you know, they're still showing up as their best selves, even now that this has like been going on for, you know, a couple of months now, and some might be feeling that, that wear and tear.
1: You know, one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to borrow that phrase. That's, that's a new term. Um, Ramel is actually a Red Peak alum, so we're definitely speaking nice. the same language. Uh, um, you know, we looked at this a lot over the first month or so and really tried to figure out what was right. You know, we, we've taken several steps. One, you know, we're, we've been operating about 50% capacity in our offices and our community offices and allowing the other 50% to work from home. That's grown a little bit to this point where we're, we're closer to full operations. But we've been extraordinarily flexible. Um, one, you know, we have a lot of team members that are, that are parents that are trying to figure out this homeschool thing. So c- building that flexibility for them, allowing them to work from home or change their hours or whatever the case may be. Um, we had, you know, one team member who was the caretaker for his father. And um, we have, you know, allowed him, we've continued to pay him. Um, he could not get any nursing support to come into the home to take care of his dad. So, you know, we gave him that flexibility, you know, this is for us, it's again, it's about the people. So, you know, he's been working or he's been actually, um, his father's primary caretaker for the last month, month and a half. Um, and we've made sure we've done right by him and given him that flexibility because that's so important. Um, there are so many other instances like that where, you know, if we have team members that are, that go out sick, um. We have only had, I believe, one team member that's actually been able to get a COVID test um, so far. But at one point, we had almost 20% of our workforce out sick, Um, you know, but no confirmed cases. We had some likely cases, but we set a policy probably in early March that anyone that went out with symptoms, um, we were to give them four days off on the company to get the test. And then an additional 10 days for that, you know, that quarantine period. So a total of 14 days paid leave that didn't impact their PTO. Um, We did not want to chance anybody coming to the the communities and making the rest of the team or the resident sick. So we've taken, I think, pretty extreme measures to make sure people are taken care of. Um, But there's been a lot about flexibility and, and creating those opportunities for team members to do what they need to do. Um, You know, in addition to that, we implemented effective March 15th um, hazard pay um, for all of our team members that are on site. It's a little bit more for service team members and housekeeping team members because they're, you know, they're a little bit more exposed. Um, You know, the office team members are behind closed doors and and working part time from home. So we, we gave them hazard pay as well. And then we also took the additional step of guaranteeing bonuses. We don't want coronavirus to impact the livelihood of our team members, so we guaranteed them that their renewal bonuses and leasing commissions and all of that would not see a negative impact from a decline in demand.
0: Wow, that is incredible. I mean, people are already so, being hit with so much and those kind of things, you know, they're, I'm sure we're worried about. So knowing that that was safe was probably huge for them.
1: Yeah. And the other thing that we did was, you know, we're, we're in a very fortunate position um, we're a small company, but you know, we're, we're well capitalized and what that allows us to do is some things that, you know, some, if you're a third party manager, for example, you have a hard time doing because you have to get buy-in from all your different owners. We have one partner, um, one capital partner in the company and you know, we had conversations very early on that, you know, this was going to be a rough patch. We didn't know what the future of the market would look like. We are long-term owners. When we buy something, we're going to own it for at least 10 years, preferably longer. So it's a different perspective. So we went into the conversation saying, we don't want to go through layoffs. We'll do what we need to do to make sure that doesn't happen. But through all of that, we are able to position ourselves to the point that we could talk to our team and say, you know, we know that it's a challenging time right now, but, just rest assured there will not be any layoffs in the company. You know, we're not going to reduce hours. We're not going to reduce pay. We're all in this together. Let's just put our best foot forward.
0: Well, and I know for so many, you know, like you said, they're not in the same position to do that. And for you guys to be able to do that is really incredible. You know, many people keep saying, well, when things get back to normal or when will it get back to normal? And You know, what are some of the things that maybe we won't be in such a rush to get back to normal or some things that you've just seen innovated that you're like, hey, maybe this is going to be operation as usual?
1: You know, I think a couple things. One, I do believe we're going to see more virtual tours um, and more video tours than we have in the past for sure. You know, it, it's interesting, I've, I've popped into a couple of our properties over the last few days just to drop off supplies, say hi, check in on the team, obviously wearing the appropriate PPE and social distancing. Um, their first question to me at every place I've stopped, every one of our offices has been, when are we going to get back to touring people? We have people that want to see the product, that want to come in and really experience it. So I know there's some demand there for that, but I still think we're going to see more people doing virtual tours and FaceTime tours, and, and whatever those resources are, I think this, this situation is gonna propel the need for self-guided tours. Um, that's something we as a company have been testing for, wow, probably eight to 10 months at this point in one phase or another. Um, you know, we're, we're preparing to make that a permanent part of our platform going forward, just determining who we're gonna partner with to make that a reality. Um, You know, I think the bigger impacts are going to be, you know, resident events. You know, are residents going to want to participate? How do we handle fitness centers? Um, You know, we're not really clear on that today, uh, how best to do that. We know what the regulations say, but the question we have is, you know, does that provide enough protection um, for our residents? Um, You know, so thinking through those amenities and thinking through our interactions, I think there's a lot that's going to change. And and the question is also, does this change demand? Are we going to see more demand for suburban or urban, you know, walk-up buildings, elevator buildings? You know, I think it's too early to tell, but I think the impact of of this situation on the industry as a whole is going to be very long-lasting.
0: I agree. You know, you touched on something um, specifically like, will people want to do some of these things, even after guidelines say, okay, this is, you know, there's just, I was telling my husband the other day and I might be the only one, but it's like I'll watch a show on TV and I see a group of people gathered and immediately there's like a reaction inside of me. It's like, you shouldn't be doing that even though it's a TV show, you know, an old TV show. And I said, it's just funny how for everybody, There's now these like reactions that are going to happen or thoughts that are happening because of what has happened for the last eight, you know, eight to 10 weeks that are going to, how long will they last? How long is that going to change our reality?
1: That's right. You know, uh, something else that happened this week, I walked into one of the offices and again, had the mask on, the whole thing, social distancing, but we would set a policy that we didn't want crossover between our offices, and that meant even between the home office and our on site offices. So we've been really, really careful, but we also. You know, want to be out there invisible so that the team feels supported. They don't feel like they're on their own little island. And there was a, 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 a reaction when I walked in, even wearing a mask and, and all the appropriate <laughs> items, that, oh, there's somebody else in here. They're like, um, stranger I, danger. <laughs> exactly. And I actually used that term. That's exactly <laughs> right. So, you know, I, I wonder what is going to be the long term impact of that. Yeah, you know, you're starting to see parts of the country go back to, you know, a newer normal. Um, and less social distancing and people without masks and, and all of that and i don't know i don 't know how long this is going to last. I, you know I spent a little time obviously in Florida um, quarantining with my family and then back in Colorado and we actually road tripped between Florida and Denver because i didn 't want to get on an airplane and two you know there's a for, as a company we have a fourteen day quarantine required after air travel, and I wanted to avoid that because I wanted to interact with our teams a little bit. But the differences I'm seeing between states is really interesting. And we'll see kind of how that plays out to what forms is the new normal.
0: Well, I will say I'm in the Texas Hill Country, and my husband and I had to go out the other day, and we were one of maybe five people wearing a mask in public, and everybody was looking at us like we were nuts, you know. And so... (laughs) in these small towns i have noticed kind of like you said very different than what we're seeing maybe in some other places so yeah it's it's going to be interesting what i'm excited about though is even though this has been such a you know an, an unfortunate awful situation what i love is just the things that are coming out of it and mm-hmm. who knows the type of capacity that it's going to open up with maybe doing virtual tours or these virtual events like that are being so well attended it makes me think is this some things that maybe people long for a uh, connection, but maybe not necessarily in person all the time? And so I just love the innovation and the ideas that make people think differently. And sometimes I think with multifamily, we're a little behind. And so it's kind of opened our eyes and made us have to speed up over the last few weeks really fast.
1: I completely agree. You know, I look at us and and we were in the middle of some some pretty big technology shifts as an organization, you know, going into this and you know, we also shifted our focus to okay, what's going to help, help us best operate right now and provide resident services that, that we need to provide um, and even provide opportunities to tour. And it's been, we've been testing a few things, but now we're trialing a lot to figure out the right mix. But I think the change is going to be pretty broad sweeping. You know, just thinking back, I'd never, never participated in a virtual happy hour before, <laughs> but I've had the opportunity to reconnect with so many people that I wouldn't have otherwise, you know, people, good friends and, and industry colleagues and whatever that are taking the time once a week or twice a week to get together. And I can't help but think the residents want the same thing. You know, I know that they're, they're hungry for that social interaction. You know, in our portfolio, we have a, a heavy presence in, you know, older Denver neighborhoods, urban markets, you know, where we bought some smaller, you know, vintage properties, you know, built from the late 1800s until the 60s, 70s, and early 80s. And, you know, that's a very specific profile. Those are a lot of people that are, you know, working in hospitality, working in retail. It's a lot of studios and one bedrooms. And it's people that are probably not getting that social interaction right now. And we've tried different ways to somewhat keep them entertained, um, you know, providing games and whatever we can. But, you know, these these social Um, opportunities to connect on video, I think are going to be really important. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. There's some innovation happening out there right now. And I think we're all paying attention.
0: Yes, I love it. I've I've jumped on the zoom happy hours myself. (laughs) So I'm curious as a leader, you know, we focus a lot on growth. And I know your company does too. not just as a company, but personal growth. This is, you know, I always tell my team. I say sometimes growth uh, is not something you're after; it just gets thrust on you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this, these times have kind of thrust growth on us as leaders. How have you felt that that growth, or what kind of growth have you experienced uh, during the last few months?
1: You know, speaking of the team first, um, I have seen so many people step up to the plate. You know, we, we've grown pretty considerably over the last 18 months. We have a lot of new team members, and I've seen their passion and their energy level only increase during this time. Um, you know, in this situation or situations that are so challenging, you know, the cream always rises to the top, and I'm just so happy to see what our team is doing. Um, you, know, who, you know, some of our, our emerging leaders as an organization, what they're stepping up and what they're doing and what they're implementing the questions that they're bringing to the table, um, you know, and and that's been pretty refreshing. You know, for me, I love to watch people flourish. That's That's probably my favorite thing is to see that leasing professional that comes into the organization or that service technician that comes in completely green, you know, whether they're experienced in another industry or they're right out of college or right out of high school, you know, and watching them grow and seeing them find their niche and, you know, creating that, that space that allows them to do so you know as a as an executive in the business that's one of my favorite things it always has been whether I was in student or multifamily just seeing that talent grow and giving people the space they need to find their own path
0: that that's awesome and i think that this has facilitated that we we talked about that too as a team we said you know what other time in history would cause all of these things inside of you to kind of bubble up to where you can see where you could excel, where you're maybe where you're weak and you need to kind of patch that armor. These times are allowing that to bubble up. And for me, I'm in the same boat. I've seen some emerge as leaders that I wouldn't have thought, you know, and it's exciting. So it's, I love hearing that. Well, well I
1: also think, not to interrupt, but one of the interesting things for us has been we had a number of new hires that were getting ready to start as we shut down our offices and started operating behind closed doors and what's been interesting to me is as they've come into the organization how quickly they found their niche and how quickly they've shown their leadership Um, you know one of our leasing professionals comes to mind who started had experience but came in didn't know red peak um, and really took charge and did some cool things that we're now replicating throughout the portfolio So, you know, it's been interesting onboarding people from a distance. We have our first virtual new hire orientation on Friday um, as a company, and and that is really near and dear to our hearts. So that new team member orientation is conducted by the CEO, and he's done every single new hire orientation since the company was founded in person. Um, And then the CIO and myself, we participate as well. And, you know, this will be a first. We love getting in front of our team and building that relationship early on. So we'll see how this works virtually.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. You guys, basically, you set the vision from the beginning to make sure everybody's, you know, going in the same direction. I love that.
1: We do. It's so important.
0: So this is, uh, this has been one of my favorite conversations and we've been virtual friends, but I feel like this is, this is, uh, you know, when you kind of see others interact and you think, okay, we could, we could really get along. This conversation solidified that one for me.
1: (laughs) I feel the same. I can't wait to connect in person.
0: So Jared, I have to ask you one last question. And this Mm -hmm. is something that I'd love to know from everyone and kind of just out of curiosity, as you're building your, your legacy, your level of impact, what's one word that you would like to be remembered by, by your friends, your colleagues, those that have worked for you, anybody that knows you, what's the one word you want to want to come to mind?
1: You know, for me, I think I go back to, and I know it's a strange word, but is flourish, you know, giving people the opportunity and the path to form their own direction, to find what they're best at doing. And, you know, to find their niche in this, in this industry You know, I think all of us got into it probably to some extent by chance, you know, not maybe knowing it was a career. I am so thankful that I that I found this in college. I started off as a part time leasing professional, um, but I was allowed to find my own path. And I think, you know, think back to people that I've reported to directly and those that were the most impactful to me gave me the space to figure it out and gave me the opportunity to try different things and try different directions so that I could find my own path. And if you know, there's one thing I wanna be remembered for, you know, it's, it's you know, building teams and giving those people the support, the motivation, but most importantly, the freedom to build their own path.
0: I love that word flourish. You know, it's, it reminds me of the name of our company sprout. It's, you know, the whole, I love that to just really to blossom, to flourish. And it sounds like you guys uh, are doing that at red peak and I'm excited to follow this journey and see what the next few months unfold. And, you know, I'll be, I'll be keeping a close eye to just get inspiration from you all.
1: Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, thank you for this opportunity and you guys are doing great work too. And like I said, I look forward to connecting in person soon.
0: I can't wait. When this is all over, we'll have drinks in real life. (laughs) Yes, we will. (laughs) So there you have it. I hope you guys found as much value from this conversation um, as I did. I had my team meeting right after I recorded this podcast with Jared and it felt like I had gotten a great coaching session and just inspiration to try to be a better leader myself. And, you know, a lot of times we're looking for mentors and especially while we're social distancing, they, those mentors may not be sitting next to us. They might not be in the same room. We can find those mentors through podcasts, through books. And like with Jared, you can you know uh, connect with him on LinkedIn. We follow the examples of those that set the pace. We follow their careers, and it helps us to shortcut uh, some of that learning curve because they're paving the way for us. And I think that Jared and Red Peak as a company are really doing that. So follow along, stay tuned. All right, guys. Well, that's it for this week. I hope y'all have a great rest of the week. Find something fun to do this weekend, even if it's going outside and jumping on a trampoline or working in your garden or reading a good book, whatever it is, find a little time for you that is not work-related. That's it. We'll talk next week. I'll see you then.